Welcome. You are listening to the Learning to Believe Again podcast with your host, Brittany Bexton. Where do you begin when you're learning to believe again? Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I have Amy Nash on with me today. Welcome, Amy. Hello, it's good to be here. So glad you could come on. So if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that Amy Nash has been on before, and so has her husband, Daryl Nash. And Amy is here tonight to share a miracle story that she has and share some follow-up from some of the past episodes as well. So I'm so excited to hear, and I am excited for you guys to hear. So Amy, tell us. You have had lots of experiences with miracles in the past. I know you and Daryl have prayed for people that have needed healing and you've seen them healed. But I remember when I had Daryl on, he had told me that. And then he had told me that he had been battling cancer and that God was walking him through it very differently. So, yes, yes, he was diagnosed with uh, stage four lung cancer and this October will be five years. Um, And so when he was diagnosed, they told him that he uh, would always have cancer. He would never be cancer free. They told him that if he would be lucky to make it to five years, because less than less than 1% made it to five years. Um, That was the max that they were giving him um, for survival rate. Um, They do have, because of the type of cancer that his body was diagnosed with, it is the number one killer in America for lung cancer. So it is fast growing. It is um, non-cell. And so, um, but the, the, the doctor said the good thing was, is there were many generations to the drug that he was taking for chemo and that the chemo that he was taking at the time when they first gave it to him said that it would last, you know, a max of 18 months. Um, and then the next generation would go on, so forth and so on. Because what happens is, is the body becomes, the, the cancer cells become immune to the cancer treatment, the chemo treatment. So then they move to the next generation and then the next as it, as it begins to progress. And so last year, last September, um, we went in for routine scans. And before that particular scan, about... A month before that, they had found um, a class-like tumor that popped up on his lungs, and they 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 come back and said that that it could be bacterial, it could be pneumonia, um, it could be possible cancer. They didn't know, but they wanted to go ahead and do biopsies in there, so they did. Uh, so we had the biopsies done, then we had a repeat scan. Um, right behind that. So in September of last year, we got the results from the pathology. And then a week or so later, we got the results from the CT of, of everything and the MRI of the head and everything. So when they went in to do the biopsies, it was interesting because they were only supposed to swap one spot on there. And the doctor um, had pulled his PET scan and told him flat out that he shouldn't even be 
there. He shouldn't even be alive. Um, at this point, we were at four years of uh, diagnosis with the, the, the stage four. And he said that, you know, according to your PET scan, you shouldn't even be here today. Um, someone up there really loves you, is what he told him. And he said, but I'm, I'm curious about your case. He said, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to do all these biopsies. He did about a 12, 10 or 12 biopsies total in his lungs. And the ironic part is because they went in on a cellular level, we all know that that with cancer, they they can't really say that you're without cancer unless they go in on the cellular to, to, to determine whether you do or don't have it. And so because they went in on the cellular level, they were able to take the biopsies within the lungs. All of them came back negative for malignancy, every one of them. There was one tumor that had developed on Daryl's lymph node that was the very last tumor to disappear in the lung. But it was also the place where the cancer had originated. Um, So what happened is, is how we found it, he was coughing up blood and they couldn't get the blood to stop. They went in there, they swabbed it and everything. And that's where they found the cancer from that lymph node. Originally, when they saw the lymph node on the the CT, they thought that, oh, it's just swollen because he has pneumonia because he was diagnosed with the pneumonia at that time. And so when it started bleeding, then we we had some concern. So that's where the actual cancer ad originated from. So then when the pathology came back from this last set of biopsies that they did, the, when we sat down to discuss the report, the pulmonologist had asked Daryl if he had had any radiation. And we told him, no, Daryl's never had radiation ever. We've just been taking the, the oral chemo. And he said, I thought not. He said, because I didn't see it anywhere in your chart. He said, but that's how we we know that that one spot that's on your lymph node in your lung, that's how it was healed. It wasn't healed from the the, the cancer, the, the chemo that you're taking. And of course, I pipe up and ask, well, well, how do we know that? How do you know? And he said, because the cells turn up different in uh, underneath the, um, the scope. And so they they can tell how a cancer has been healed. So that one spot was healed by radiation, a radiation that Daryl never, ever received, which is just kind of interesting because the doctor said, the doctor said, well, I'm just going to leave it right there then, you know, um, so I thought that was kind of cool. So (laughs) then a few weeks later, we go back because we've had another set of scans done. And so the we come back and we find out uh, that the oncologist comes and tells us and says, no cancer, she says. Now, this is the doctor that says that you'll you'll always have cancer. <laughs> you'll, you'll always be stage four. You'll always have it. You'll never get rid of it. And uh, I said, excuse me. I said, what did you say? And she said, there's no evidence of cancer in his body at all. No evidence. And so I got super excited only because we had been warring and declaring and going to the courts of heaven. Yes. And we had been, you know, speaking God's promises over him because he was given so many promises of, of death and not life. And, and um, so what I did, I told my husband, I said, she has no idea what she just said in that moment. Because when when a doctor comes to you and says that there's no evidence of cancer, that lets me know that that court 
has to dismiss that case. Everyone knows that every lawyer that comes in to present a case must have an evidence for it for the prosecution to do do its job, correct? And so yeah, then the yeah. defense goes on behalf and try to to um, go go on behalf of um, its clients to say, you know, they try to dispute the evidence. And they, they go back and forth and what have you. But because the doctor said that there's no evidence of cancer, that case had to be dismissed. And so I just went straight to the courtrooms of heaven and I, I went to Papa and I told him, I said, God, you and I both know that there's no evidence of cancer in Daryl's body. So therefore this case is dismissed and this case cannot be tried again because there's no evidence to bring before the, before the court. So therefore the prosecution must rest. The prosecution must be set down. The prosecution must not come forth with any more um, slander, with any more accusations, because this is what it is. It's an accusation from the enemy. It is, there's no evidence being brought before the court to say that he is just in, in declaring these things. So therefore, I thank you, Lord, that it's been dismissed. And so that there equipped me right, right in that moment, in that moment right there, because we had been given all these prophetic words and which was wonderful. And I had heard from God myself about, you know, that he would live and not die and everything else. But there's just something that solidifies you when you hear the doctor tell you that there's no evidence. There's no evidence of cancer. And because they went in on the cellular level to take those biopsies, see, what they did was they didn't just scrape some swab over the top of a cell. They took what's called needle aspiration. So they took whole cells out of every every piece in that lung. So the places that he took, which was interesting because it's where the um, cancer was cited as well, as well as other areas around. So he took what's called needle aspiration. So he was taking whole cells and looking at them under the microscope. So therefore the doctor had to deem him as no evidence of cancer. So normally they would tell you, well, we can't see it. It's not on the CT scan, so we really can't know or determine whether the cancer's there or not. But because the gentleman had went in there and done his due diligence, now mind you, he was only supposed to swab a small spot in the lower yeah. arm to determine if it was bacterial or pneumonia or fungal. And 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 then again, you know, he's like, I'm gonna do this. And what was really ironic in that moment. There were a bunch of other doctors and nurses that were standing there witnessing as he began to talk about Daryl's case and about how someone in the heavenlies was looking after him. And so I found that that being ironic, the type of procedure that he did in that moment was solidifying the stamp of God saying, no, he does not have cancer. He is healed. He is whole. He's delivered and free. But not only that, but God took it another step further to put his thumbprint in that one tiny lymph node. He put his thumb there to say, yes, I was here. Because there's no record or indication that he was even treated with radiation. So there's no, no rhyme or reason to determine how that spot was healed other than by God, because he had been taking the oral and the cool part about the oral medication that he'd been taking, which was straight out chemo. Um, the cool part is, is he still, he was still on the same generation of med the entire time. So the, 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 the cells, the cancer cells, 
didn't become mutated, not mutated, but um, that's the I'm word I'm going to use. Huh? Immune to it. Immune to it. Yes. So that was also helping. So he didn't go to the next generation and the next generation like they were predicting. See, the doctors can only predict the outcome. They can only tell you, well, this is the statistics. But you know what? God had Daryl had a word. He said, no, I am God's percent. When, when the doctor came back and said, you have less than 1% chance to live to five years, Holy Spirit said, no, you're my percent. And he hold on. He held on to that word that he was the God percent. So God knows the end. He knows the beginning and he knows the middle. Mm-hmm. So that, that was really, really kind of cool. But in that four year span was really a lot because then you're, you're having to watch the body go kind of up and down, up and down. So you would see a little bit of growth um, going on in those cells. You would go in to, to do it. Cause we were doing scans every three months Yeah, and there would be a little small increase in the cancer. And then, and she would say, listen, if it grows any more by our next appointment, we need to move on to the next generation. And then we would go back and then it would shrink. <laughs> and then we would go back sometime months later and she would give us the same spill because they would just grow and shrink, grow and shrink, grow and shrink. And then eventually they started dwindling down and disappearing and what have you. But I found it interesting that the last visit before the biopsies came back that there was just that one lymph node that just would not shrink which was the one that was the one tumor that was on the lymph node and was the very last one to go. And I really felt like what God was saying, that that was his stamp yeah, for his glory, mm-hmm. for his glory. No man can get the glory for that because it's God's stamp on his, on, 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 on his insides. And so you cannot dispute that. And so what, what's really interesting in the story is being the spouse and you're seeing your husband, you know, battling every, every day, taking communion, declaring God's word, praying, interceding, worshiping, you know, and you're hearing all these things coming out of your husband. As a spouse, it's, it's really hard to kind of be in a place of what was me mm-hmm. because you're, you're so devastated with it, but you don't want to cry in front of them because you're trying to uphold them. You're trying to hold their hands up and you're, you're, you're always suffering in silence and you're talking to Papa on your own because you don't want to show any type of weakness because you, they need all the strength that they can get because they're trying to battle and, and see life. Um, but there was a, a turning point for Daryl that ministered greatly to me. He came to me one day and he told me, he said, I, I know that this is going to hurt your feelings. And he said, I know you don't want to hear this, but if God took me today, I would be whole. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And he said, I know you don't want to hear that. And I know that you're believing and declaring with me and, and standing with me. And I appreciate that. But my life is not my own. My life doesn't belong to you either. And I don't know about you. But when your best friend tells you that, you can't see your life living without them. It's crushing. It's soul crushing. But at the same token, it was a level of faith 
in a transition in him that moved into the healing place for him. When he got to the place where he stood tall and said, not my will, God, but yours. Yeah. And he meant that by putting his life on the line for God and saying, this is not my life. It is not my own God. This is your life. So you do with it how you see fit. That was his turning point right there. Mm. That was his layer. That was his lesson. Yeah. And I'd ask God, I'd ask God, I said, why did it take four years? And he said exactly that. There were layers and lessons I had to get to you. He said, it wasn't that your faith could move in a mountain because it could. Mm-hmm. I could have healed him in an instant because of the faith that the both of you had standing together, united in a front that no devil in hell can stand against you. And you would have saw my power. You should have, you, you would have saw my anointing. You would have saw my hand. But there were layers and lessons that I was getting to both of you. My lesson was trusting God enough to say that he was enough for me. That my life wasn't wrapped around my husband. My life is wrapped around Papa. He is enough for me because I would ask him all the time, am I not enough, God, that you would do it for me? And he would say, am I not enough for you? See, I'd place my husband in a place of, of throneship. I'd place him in God's place. And, you know, we all know that God is a jealous God. And when I placed him there, he was teaching me that my husband wasn't the be all, see all, the priest, the pride of provider and protector. Yes, but he was not my God. Mm-hmm. And when I pulled him up off the throne that I had placed him on, that's where God began to work with me. So again, there were layers and lessons, but it also taught me how to stand firmly on his word for me, that his word does not return turn void at all, that wow. it gave me a whole nother level of trust for his word. It gave me a whole nother level of trust for him, that it put him back on the throne where he belonged for me. Yeah. And so I say all that to say, we never know the turn that sickness and disease in our body will take us. We never know why that person died and why that person was healed and brought whole. Why does this person have to see cancer again? Because it's come back around when we thought that we were healed. Only the father knows. Only the father knows those answers. But it's still for us to believe and hope and still declare that no matter what comes our way, he is still mighty. He is still just. He is still Papa. He is still the healer. He is still the restorer of our souls, no matter the circumstance. And so, yes, we do have a testimony. Yes, we do have something that we can reflect and and show how much God's goodness is reflected in the earth. And I'm thankful for that. I am so thankful for that. But I pray that any one person walking through this, that their heart would just be right with Papa, that their heart and that they would lean 
on Holy Spirit. And then they would grasp to the salvation of Jesus and get the heart right and cleanse the mind and renew the heart and get that right and allow Papa to begin to do surgery on the, on the heart and on the mind for restoration to happen for the full body, because that's what he's waiting on. He's waiting on us to, to gravitate to him that no matter what comes our way, we'll glorify him and give him praise. No matter what comes our way, we won't lose hope and we won't lose faith in him. And we won't, we won't lose our posture in him of standing upright and declaring how good he is and his glory and his goodness in this earth. That's Amen. all he wants. He wants every bit of us. He don't want, he doesn't want pieces and parts. He wants all of us every bit. Yeah. So I say all that to say, whatever you're going through, I don't know if it's in the mind. I don't know if it's in the heart, the body, the spirit or whatever, get alone before Papa and ask him, what do I need to know in this season? What do I need to do in this season to get it right? What are the layers and the lessons that you're trying to teach me, God? What layers are you trying to pull back from me and teach me? What are the things that I need to step into? What are the things that I need to declare into the earth realm? God, what is it that you need me to do? Is, is there some cleansing that I need to have in my heart? Is there, is there, is there, is there some renewing in my mind that, I ha- that has to happen, God? Whatever it is, God, whatever you're doing in the season God don't do it without me I want all of you and allow him to to work on you this is one thing that I did learn too which is really kind of cool is he knows us more intimately than we do our own selves yes. I remember years ago my mom died when I was 16 in a car accident so angry so mad I was mad at God I was mad because I knew, I knew that he had the power to give life and he, and he had the power to restore life back in the earth. But I didn't understand why her life was taken. I didn't understand how, how, how could God take the only living person out of this earth that loved me so much? My dad didn't even want us as kids. Mm-hmm. He even told my grandmother when they called to tell him that my mom had died. What am I supposed to do with three kids? He didn't even want us. So in my perspective, it was like, well, God, why did did you take the one thing that loved me the most out of the earth? I was hard. My heart was hardened. And so I turned from God, turned so far away from him. And so later on in life, I came back to him and I started my walk with him, my journey with him. And it wasn't, God, 10, 15 years later. It was a long time that my, my twins were little. They're 25 now. But, I mean, they were real little. little. My, my, my mom had died when I was 16. I was in my 20s by this time. And I had been walking with God. And I remember just as plain as day, one day the pastor had asked us, what's that root? Not the tree, not the limbs, not the, the, the branches. What, what's the root? Let's get to the root of things. And he, he asked us to write down the various roots that were, were causing us to, to stumble, causing us to um, hold on to, to resentment, hold on to various things. 
And so I wrote down the root of rejection, root of abandonment. And then I, I, I was looking at those, those words and I said, well, God, I said, that's not the root. I know that that's not the root, God. That's not the root. That Those are trees to something. I need the root, God. What's the root here, God? I, we need to get down and dirty, God. I need the root to that. And Holy Spirit said, it's plain as day. You've never forgiven me. Huh. Yeah. You've never get forgiven me. You blamed me for your mom leaving the earth. And you never forgave me. Mm. I cried in that moment. Because it's a God, we, I, we've been walking together for a minute. And you're just now revealing this to me. I thought we dealt with this ill issue when I received salvation, God. Because I grew up as a Mormon and then coming in, it was a whole process. So I, I went to him and I said, God, I thought we dealt with this years ago. He said, no, baby, we didn't. I said, well, why not? Why are you just now talking to me about this? He said, if I would have shared with you any sooner. You would have ran for me out of condemnation. I knew then that that was my first clue, my first indication. He knew me greater than anything or anybody in this earth because he knew me, my depths. He knew my heart. He knew my spirit. He knew my soul. And he was right because I would have turned to him, turned from him out of shame. Mm -hmm. And I would have condemned my own self. And I just, I said a silent prayer. I didn't even move my lips. And I asked God, I said, in that moment, I said, God, are we okay? And just as soon as those words left my lips, I was looking for something to show that he and I were okay. And in my mind, I said, I just need a smile from you right now. I didn't voice it. I didn't say anything. I was too busy looking down. I felt an unction just to pull myself up and look to my right. And there was this lady, her mentality was that of a, of a child, but yet was a grown adult. She had struggled some mental illness. And I knew in that moment when she looked up at me, she squirted and she, she, she bent down just a little bit, turned her head in my direction. She smiled at me and she leaned back. And I knew in that moment, it was God smiling on me in that moment saying, yes, baby girl, we're okay. We're going, we're dealing with this tree today. We're we're dealing with these roots today. Today, no longer will you suffer from this tree of abandonment and rejection. And so I'm telling you, God will use anything or anybody. And I believe 100%. He used her many more times later on, but her mind was that of a child. But she was, she was older than I was. She was a senior. And so because of some things that happened to her when she was younger. And in that moment, it was solidifying to me. But he wrote, he made me realize then that he knew me more intimately than I knew myself. Yeah. And so I bring you back to, to the to the cancer. He knew that I needed that layer. He knew that I needed that lesson. He knew me more intimately than I did myself to bring back a restoration that he is enough. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so good. God is so good. Even when we don't understand what he's doing, right, and is brutal, he knows what we need for total freedom. Exactly, exactly. Because I was just looking 
at the tree and I went to God. I said, there's, there's, there's a root here. There's a root here. And so when he begins to reveal those roots, know that, that in that time and in that season is, is when he wants to deal with it with you. And it's never too late. A lot of us is like, well, you know, I'm this old or that old and this happened. You still have breath in your body. You still have, it's never too late to deal with the issues that we have. You still have breath. Mm-hmm. Get that freedom. And and what's so funny is, is after all of that was said and done and through the, the cancer process, um, I also learned that there were some inner healings that, you know, the 10-year-old Amy that needed healed, five-year-old Amy that had some trauma, the the 13-year-old Amy that had some other trauma and sexual abuse and all of this. So that started a path of inner healing. I had gotten connected with a beautiful lady who still walks with me when I need her to walk through some inner healing with me as Papa begins to reveal. He hasn't revealed everything at once. No, by no means. And and he's taken it layer by layer by layer because he knows I can only handle so much. Yeah. He can't just peel back the whole onion and say, okay, here we go. He has to deal with me in layers and, and teach me lessons. And, and that's how I learn. Honestly, I learn through lessons. Um, matter of fact, at my job, if, if I mess up, I just got to mess up one time. <laughs> and it, it, I learn from it. You know, you learn from it. Some people do, some people don't. But that's just how I learn. But, you know, I said all that to say that God knows us more intimately than we know ourselves of what we need to when we need that healing, when we need to walk through and, 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 and what have you. Yeah. There was so much gold in what you just said that I'm like, do I even want to ask this last question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, just in case there's anything you want to add to that or one specific point you want to hone in on. If there was one thought that you could leave the audience with today to take with them, what would it be? You were enough. You were enough that he sent his son to die a gruesome death for you. You were enough that the bloodshed was for your healing. You were enough that the crown upon his, his head is restoration of your thoughts. You were enough that he was beaten for your transgressions. He loves you enough to say that he is, that you are his own. You are enough for him. You have never been in lack because all he sees over you is the blood. All he sees is your healing, your wholeness, your deliverance, your freedom. He said, I I, I formed you in your mama's womb and I knew you in the beginning and I know you at the end. See, he finished the work already. He says, it's already been done. It's already been established. It's for us to get into our knower that we are enough for him. And he is enough for us. He is enough for us. That he loved us enough that he would send his only son, the sacrificial lamb, the one without spot, the one without wrinkle, to die on our behalf and suffer that we just have to get into a posture that he is enough for us. Yeah. 
Amen. So, so, so good. Oh my goodness. And what an amazing update <laughs> because you and Daryl were walking through the process the last time I had both of you on the podcast. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah. Oh. And what's really cool is the oncologist because of the outcome, she wouldn't let us ring the bell. So we went to the brain oncologist and she celebrated with us. What's, what you didn't know is the brain oncologist was a believer. And every time we would go in, we would share all kinds of testimonies of various things that we were seeing God do in the midst of what Daryl was you know, battling at the time. We would share various testimonies of where he had shared about God and what God had did and, and this, this atmosphere, what have you. And the people that Daryl or myself had touched in the midst of that. So we didn't just go and, and, and hear whether or not the spot on his head was there or not. We went to share with her the goodness of Jesus, yeah. which also encouraged her in her faith, which was kind of, you know, a double blessing, if you will, because every time she would come in, okay, the spot's still gone. Let me hear about, let me hear about what's going on with you guys. What, what's the newest testimony? What, what have, what, what's God done through you to this week or this month or whatever? And she would just listen and it would encourage her faith because what you didn't know was her first husband died from cancer oh, wow. and it, it was so much trauma on her that she forgot her age. She forgot her birthday. It wasn't until many years later that they wanted to celebrate her and they had to look at the birth certificate to determine what her actual birthday was wow. from that trauma. Now, since then she's remarried, you know, and, and has other children with this gentleman, but that that's trauma. Yeah, and yeah. so hearing the goodness of God, every, we went to her every six months, hearing the testimonies of God for four solid years, every two times, two times a year, does something to mm -hmm. a person that's been through that type of a trauma that yeah, they can't yeah. wait to, for us to sit down and hear what the goodness, what hear the goodness of God. Yeah. And that in and of itself was priceless to me. Yes. Because we, we not only was seeing restoration in other people, we got to see restoration in her. Yeah. And her, her faith be built up and her love for the father to be built up. And so that was really cool. So we got to um, celebrate with her. I got um, footage on him ringing the bell. We got pictures with her and everything. And she said, yeah, we're celebrating. She, she did. We went in. She's like, yeah, we're because we were getting ready to move to Utah at that time, too. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, we're celebrating. We're not missing this moment. Come on. And so, yeah, it was it was really cool. And so, yeah, God is God is faithful. He is. And he doesn't waste anything. He, no, he doesn't. the entire process. Yes, he does he does not waste what the doctors deemed impossible to heal. Mm -hmm. He healed your hearts and your minds in the process yeah. layer by yes. layer. And he used what you were walking through and your walking living testimony mm -hmm. to encourage and heal others. He yeah. is so, so, so good. Thank you so much, Amy, for joining me tonight. 
You're welcome. It was my pleasure. I love sharing the goodness of God. I'm just excited about what God is doing um, for us, through us, and around us. There's so much goodness out there, even in the midst of the chaos that we see, even in the midst of the turmoil we're experiencing. We always have to arise and remember that He is the restorer of all things. He is the lover of our souls, and love casts out all fear. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today, listeners. I will talk to you next week. Have a blessed week. All right. You too. Thank you so much. Where do you begin when you're